Hello, welcome to episode number 182 of the Apple Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by BetterHelp.com. Get affordable private online counseling anytime, anywhere. Talk with a licensed and professional therapist online. You can um, you can start a free seven day trial with the code word Apolog at checkout when you go to BetterHelp.com slash Apolog. It's um it's a really neat service, and there's a lot of people out there that need that kind of stuff, and a lot of people don't like to let people know that they're talking to people, and this is the best way to do it. Private, anytime, anywhere, get counseling. I'd like to thank everybody from Amazon who shop on Amazon using the Apple. Um, using the Apolog affiliate code. When you go to Apolog.ca slash Amazon or Apolog.ca slash US Amazon, you can also do it the old-fashioned way by going to Apolog.ca and click on the banners located on the right side. Locate your country, whether you're from the Canadians or the USAs or the UKs. You can bookmark those links, and every time you shop on Amazon, use all those links, and you can shop and support the show. It costs you no extra money. If you want to help the show out on a monthly basis, you can check out um, Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash apolog, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash apolog. Apolog is A-P-O-L-O-G-U-E. You can pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees, and you can cancel at any time. If you want to buy a t-shirt and go to apolog.ca slash shop, buy some music there too. Um... There's actually a pretty special... I'll tell you in a second. Well, let's get through this. Once you check out the show on iTunes, go. don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Give it five stars. Like the show on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. Well, Facebook is facebook.com slash Pod. I am completely destroying this, this intro. And you can go to Twitter and follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. Talking about Foursquare music, I'm trying to get this really special episode together because there's a record I released in uh, 2003 that I just realized is 15 years old. This record called um, Three Chords, One Capo. You can go find that whole record on iTunes and you can actually buy it in the discography by going to shop. And it's uh, you can buy every song I ever recorded in that band Foursquare for 20 bucks. It's a good deal. Today on the show, I have Brad Manners, who is the principal member songwriter, lead singer of the band School Damage, and good dudes, good bunch of dudes, a Toronto hardcore, melodic hardcore band, and my band The Fairmonts have played with them a few times, they're just good dudes, I met Brad and we were opening up for the Lillingtons a couple of weeks ago, and uh, didn't realize, you know, we, we had a lot of people that we knew together, Brad and I, and Brad is a fun guy to talk to and he's a good dude and he's a great guest so here he is brad manners from the band school damage on the upper lot podcast to see you actually a couple of days ago the toronto music scene in general is sometimes pretty fickle and sometimes pretty funky what's your uh how, do you like it these days like what what do you think about it uh i don't know i don't i know that like it seems like there's like a uh, a separate wave going on right now that 
uh, is different from the one that I, I knew when I first moved to the city about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, you'll still see some old, uh, not old, but you'll see, see some, some people who are pretty key in the scene show up here and there at certain shows. Right. But then a lot of people also kind of just, you know, get older and uh, move out and have, have kids and families and they can't get out to the bovine on a Tuesday or whatever, or, <laughs> you know? So uh, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, I'm actually, I'm kind of curious of that myself because I don't know how it's perceived from anyone else going to shows these days. Like, uh, I don't know what, what class I would fall under or anything like that. Or, you know, I'm no, I'm no, um, I'm no, I'm no, you know, member of No Warning or or Trigger Happy or any band that would have, you know, kind of paved the way for for anyone else. That's like, I think that's maybe a, a generation, we're not generation, but like maybe a, a class above where I'm at, perhaps. Well, there's like, well, there's always always like the the people like at the beginning of it, and there's the people that sort of like jump on. And like I love the the way you're talking about waves. There's totally waves. I mean, the like yeah, pl- any music scene. Yeah, absolutely. Like Plan Thirty Seven is a band that to me was like the beginning of a new wave to me when it came to yeah. like independent music and how um, bands carry themselves and 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 they carried a torch from previous you know from their influences. But that that's kind of way that's the way things happen, right? Like bands become influenced by other bands and then they sort of make a new thing out of it. Like who? Where did you live before Toronto? I I grew up in a really small town. Actually, people who are from Toronto might know of it. It's called Fenland Falls. It's like yeah, yeah. it's a it's a cottage town. Yeah, and it's population eighteen hundred, like very small. And uh, yeah, I would just I mean when internet was still this is still when internet was new. Simon, I'm talking about dial up, buddy. Oh yeah, like <laughs> we're do- oh yeah, yeah. So picks up the phone up, you're fucked. You know, like you lose your connection right away. Your mom's on the other line or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It just ruins your Napster download. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I lived there and I just started playing guitar. It was kind of hard to get music out there besides going to uh, CD stores. Like there's maybe an HMV and a little store called Poor Boys in the nearest town, like next to me, called mm-hmm. Lindsay, Ontario. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was I was just up that way actually a couple of like the day that we hung out it was like I was just up in Maydock was uh hanging out in Maydock. There's so many small towns around there that I I don't even know or remember half of them. Like there's like Little Britain and Cobaconk and yep. they're all part of that little area. I guess the city of Cork Lakes is what it's labeled under. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't I don't I don't think I heard of Maydock, but as long as it's in the the vicinity of the Lindsay Peterborough area, I'm sure it's pretty a dead zone it's on the way to um if you go to bon echo on seven it's a little town called madoc it's like it's hastings area it's like it's that area still cottage country ish type of thing so what were the bands you were listening to like when you were like in that era like were you a teenager there like like how was it being a teenager in fenland falls is i guess the question (laughs) (laughs) yeah you got got chased around a lot yeah that's for sure by the cops the cops or the the dudes who uh, I always assumed were just masking their own homosexuality and they would <laughs> beat me up for yeah. having green hair and shit like that. Uh, yeah, it was mostly just like the kids who want to impress their dads who don't love them or the cops. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty boring town, so you have to make your own fun out there. So I 
me some mow lawns to save up money to get a guitar. Hmm. And uh, got my first real six string, dude. Really? There's no five, yeah. and, no five and dimes in uh, no. Fenland Falls, though, right? No. Dad Haltron's music. Uh, <laughs> and it was, I didn't know what it was. It was actually a mini, a mini Stratocaster. It was a J. Terser brand mini yeah. that you would use for a kid. I bought it at like 15, mm-hmm. thinking it was a full size guitar because that's all <laughs> I could afford. And yeah. uh, so, so music is always in, is it in your family? Like, how how, how did you uh, how did you how did you uh, what what were the bands your parents listened to? My parents had like your classic, uh, like a lot of classic rock. Like you would see, like uh, you know, I stole their Alice Costello and their B fifty two and their Teenage Head records. Uh, they, you know, Zeppelin, and then like oh, my mom liked disco. My dad was like a rock and roller stoner guy. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that was his thing. But yeah, I mean, those things were popular at the time. And, uh, when my parents were getting older, they weren't using them. So yeah, they're right now in my collection, like sitting across from me in this room, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And then of course, like there's nothing else. There was no bands out there. So of course bands like no effects and, uh, any of those popular bands at the time were influential, mm-hmm. but then we started, I started playing guitar and, met people who play drums then we start throwing shows in gazebos and parks and uh legions and um the academy theater the oldest theater in canada i applied for throw... a job there actually oh yeah yeah we used to throw shows in their in their lobby oh wow okay yeah not, not the theater the lobby of the theater <laughs> yeah well, the so i mean being in a punk rock band in a small town is sort of a uh I know it's an it's an inter- interesting concept because you have like bad religion, you have no facts, you have you know like the 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 big the big three punk yeah. or whatever the big two punk bands, and then from there been, you find new bands that sort of like um, we're in that era. Like besides bad religion and, and no facts, I mean that was sort of what reached way far out, like in, into into punk rock, yeah. you know, and a bit more universal that stuff. Yeah, but. Like that- they had better distribution, right? So it was easy to yeah. find their albums anywhere. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I would just read the liner notes and see who they thanked and then buy their album and then like vice versa or see what bands influenced them like Seven Seconds or The Descendants and I'd go on the old Napster mm-hmm. and download a song for two days. And then, you know, <laughs> I remember one time it took, it took a day to download I Like Food by The Descendants. That's on a my short parents. song too. <laughs> <laughs> it's 15 seconds long, man. And then, yeah, it was uh, that kind of thing. So I was, I was starved, man, but I was, I was hungry at the same time. Like I, I had to work for it and I would visit Tron once in a while to see friends and I go to rotate this and mm-hmm. buy like, buy an aggression CD or like, uh, like, a, you know, like a, I don't know, just like a bunch of eighties, hardcore or misfits or adolescence CDs. And then just blast the shit out of those seven seconds were really huge influence. Uh, the more I got deeper in, in, in digging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always, always like that band. Uh, yeah, well, being being in a being in a small town and being in punk rock, that that there's a uh, there's a there's a level of like I'm different than you. Like, was that sort of a? I mean, obviously, it's oh shit, my camera just wiped out. <laughs> just lost you, bud. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. The um. Being in a punk rock band, like back in the <clears throat> in a small town, being different is sort of a it's a universal thing. I mean, like 
if you go to Toronto and you see people with green hair, it's like, yeah, that's that's uh, that's 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 normal. That's normal for Toronto. But but growing yeah. up, but but growing up in in the country and being into punk rock, like. It's an it's a it's a it's an incredible um, feeling of liberation because you're you you want to be different than than what's considered the norm. Like, is there anything that you can think like back in the day that sort of thought, okay, I don't want to be the guy driving in a pickup truck <clears throat> with the lights under it. I want to be, I want to be different. I want to be somebody that's into things that are more aggressive and more real. I mean, was that was there a, a point in your life? Oh yeah, dude, definitely. Like, I remember. Like my mom helping me dye my hair with manic panic, like really? bright green. And, oh yeah, oh, dude. I remember manic like, panic. I totally do. Yeah, yeah. She loved it. Like I don't know. It was, just, it was kind of like uh, as corny as it's gonna sound. It was like a bonding moment between my mom and I. And uh, yeah, she we bleached the hair first, and then the manic panic shit. Mm-hmm. And then I'd, I'd be walking to my job at the ice cream place with bright pink hair, and uh, <laughs> people either wanted to come up and, and get a picture with me or or. Kick the beat the shit out of me man <laughs> but yeah even in high school like i don't know i kind of got I, I for some reason for i wasn't afraid to look like that in like a town where there's 1800 people and some of my friends were doing the same things too i mean we weren't we weren't fucking inventing the wheel here man we were mm-hmm. like 30 years behind the fact right right but the fact that like it's a town like that it would just seem like it, it seemed really alien to a lot of people and people mm-hmm. kind of just wanted reason to fuck with you too yeah, you can swear in this podcast, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fucking a. Fucking a. Yeah. To um, it's a brave thing. We had a we had we had a punker in Pickering. His name is Simon Corbett, and he would he was like the punkest of punk. You know what I mean? And there was a lot of like mystery and stories around Simon. You know, and he was this, yeah he was the punker. You know, and he'd go to the city and do things. And I mean, he's he's grown up to be like a pretty normal person. I mean, like, but. A normie, yeah, absolutely. I'm. Did you um? So so when did like when did you start playing in bands like and and was it in Finland Falls when you started playing in bands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I got, I got my first guitar at fifteen and I had a band like two months later. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, it was a really bad band. You, but <laughs> yeah, we were, we were, we were writing songs like I was writing songs right away. I only knew like three chords. Yeah, and I would just write songs like or. Fine, would write songs. Try to. Yeah. I mean, I still yeah, only always... know. I still only know three chords. In fact, I made a record as called Three Chords and One Capo. So uh... <laughs> nice, nice. You can, well, you can do a lot. That's a lot of uh, you know versatility there. Yeah. I can only do power chords. If you ask me to play a song around a campfire, you'll be badly, you'll be disappointed. Yeah, or I can angry. only do power chords <laughs> or angry. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I um not. I'm not a great guitar player. I kind of just like I took some lessons growing up. But uh, I kind of just did the same thing over and over again. And next thing you know, like, I've been in bands, you know, what, uh, I started at 15. Mm-hmm. So I'm 35. Yeah. So what's the math on that? 20 years. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. And now, is there ever a time in your life, like, you obviously, you have a job, you do things like, like, what do you, what, yeah. what's your, what's your, like, normal, your normal life? Is, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it still into punk rock or is it like, like, what do you kind of do? Um, I mean, Monday to Friday, yeah, I, I go to work and I come home and, you know, either hang out with friends or, uh, we rehearse twice a week. That's amazing. Like school damage, school yeah. damage jams twice a week. Uh, Kurt, our drummer just lives right in the building right above me. Like he, I can hear him stomping around right now as I talk to you. 
he's a he's a big guy so uh but yeah we jam twice a week and if we're not jamming we're hanging out like yeah uh yesterday kurt and i had a few beers after work and stuff and mm-hmm. on weekends yeah I, I don't know i just hang out with friends and listen to records that's like yeah. i was trying to yesterday describe music to to kurt I i said i use it like i use any drug or alcohol i use it to like uh evade or like kind of escape or even just to like let loose a little bit mm-hmm. it's uh it's pretty important to me as as you i mean you made a you made a career of it yeah you know i i did i for a long time but but i for my there's always a time in one's life where music is the most important thing in 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 life and then there's a time where um and it, it's it's either really tragic or sad or really liberating and awesome. Where um, and I would like to say I was the latter. I'm more it was more liberating and awesome for that. I didn't need music to, to to like to make myself happy. I mean, I I just went. I have a I have you know my family, my kids, my wife, my house, my bathroom. You know, these there's more important things that I Bathroom's I chose. Very important. Yeah, very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's certain things that I I like that punk rock never could provide you know and so i kind of made a decision and a lot of people do in life they sort of decide that you know i like i like a paycheck i like uh, you know there's there's certain people that we know that we don't need to name that have been living their whole life as a punk rocker and it's it's either really awesome and liberating or super sad and tragic and you look at the same character yeah. and go, it's both you know and that's yeah, I there's definitely dedication in, in in being a lifer, but it can also it can also be the the least glorious thing to witness when you go to a club and oh this guy's still here. Yeah, you know, and that's that's great and all, but I mean, and if they're happy, then you know, more power to them, kind of thing. Yeah. And there's yeah, there's people that I can see do that, but there's times when you when you tour or play with bands that have been doing it for twenty. 30 years and mm. you kind of look at them and you're like, Oh, you're still playing this club, huh? Like, <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm sure they're happy about doing it, but I mean, at the same time, I would really hate to just sacrifice, uh, what my opinion of success is for, uh, just to see the same faces every single night and get paid the same, you know, 200 bucks a night or whatever. Or mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm kind of torn on that. I, I, I'm a huge fan of, of music and I'm like, I, I worship and admire someone like David Bowie who can just never be the same person for, you know, with any release he does. It's always going to be a different character and a different album. Yeah. And to me, it's amazing. I would love to have like a kind of inspiration and, and talent to expand like that. But I think I'm going to be that guy who's always at the bovine, dude. Well, <laughs> just getting, getting drunk at the bovine. Yeah, but there's, there's, a, there's a feeling of, I mean... The thing that David Bowie did, you could never do again. People can't do that no. anymore. Do you think if David Bowie was dressed up with super the crazy eye makeup and went to the record labels like today and went, "Hey, uh, Bandcamp, you know, or whatever label, can you uh, <laughs> yeah. can you put my record out?" They'd be like, "What the? What's wrong with you? Like, what's going on? What's yeah. your social profile?" He's like, "I just make music. I'm an artist." That, that you know what I mean? That's a whole different, you know, like I feel like I feel like Nicki Minaj is like the only artist I can think of right now that's very popular that kind of slightly evolves and that's just maybe just her look yeah i don't know well there's like there's or, like with modern, beyonce yeah absolutely and even even sia who's like the only she was 40 and she had a top 10 single which was like a record breaker like 
we you know she's over 40 and had made um a top 10 single which doesn't mean anything anymore i mean it's a, everything kind of has sort of changed around and some of it's favorable to independent music and some of it is not favorable some of it's like oh okay here we are you know and then you know the, the 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 favorable part is that you have everybody has a fair shake they can they can make a record and they can put it on a label or release it themselves put it on spotify or, and, and that's great, but the problem is, is that everybody can make a record and put it on Spotify and... and, and yeah, it's and, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. It's it's a blessing that you can just do that now. Like, when I was a kid, and I'm like, I'm not saying just you, like you as well, anyone who was ever a musician at one point before Bandcamp or, or uh, what's that program you, you get on uh, your, your Mac, a garage <laughs> band? Garage band, yeah. Yeah, like that. I was using. I don't even. I don't have a Mac. My buddy does, and I was playing through it. And like the amps they have on that sound pretty fucking good, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it's you can make a decent sounding, if not recording it, at least a decent sounding demo. Yeah. Just right there in your couch. You don't have to even get out of your of your house. But I was. I would rent a four track, and then I would record. I learned how to record on it, and then do it. And then I would find a way to put that cassette tape onto like a CD. I would make wave files out of it. Put it on CD, and I'm like, "Hey, here's our here's our first EP," and I would never do that now because I it's like I, that EP is fucking humiliating to be honest with you. I wish I, <laughs> I hope no one even remembers or has a copy of it. But, <laughs> but uh, it's 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 nearly. I mean, that's great, but at the same time, it's it's. I'm sure for a lot of older musicians or people who worked really hard to get where they are, they're gonna look at someone who can just like. There's so many like artists like coming out. Of, and the, like using SoundCloud and the stuff that are you know touring musicians and they're not on a label they mm -hmm. just do their own thing and it's like a hype thing which is interesting yeah but also also very punk rock as well though totally totally and you know it's 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 a metaphor for what we did when, in, like when I toured in the in the early nineties we didn't have anything we didn't have the internet you know like we we would yeah. have maximum rock and roll book your own fucking life that's how we book our tours. Yeah. And then we travel yeah. all over the place and call people and say, "Can we play in your basement?" Like we're we're like a week away. And then then sometimes you'd show up and they'd be moved out or evicted, and and it'd be, you know the show's canceled. And sometimes it was the best show you've ever been into, you know. But but there was always like this um, feeling of like, oh, okay, this I can handle this, you know. And 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 I think as people get older, they start to forget that. There, there's tools that, that, that at their disposal and technology and all these things. And I was sort of like, um, I was running through something in my head like the other day about um, you, the older you get, um, the less um, impressed by Apple iOS you, you get. So as you're older, you know what I mean? Like, so you get like, you're like, in, the older you get and you're like, I, the more you hate the changes in Apple iOS, you know? So, so uh, if you can handle how, um, technology changes because they change things, you know, like Apple's kind of notorious for doing stuff, and I'm sure Android does the same yeah. thing. But the less willing of change you are, you are, the the more older you are. I mean, it's it's a gauge, you know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I do understand. Uh, I mean, again, like, I'm I guess I fall between that that generation gap of, like, being a millennial and being a, a uh, what was the one after Gen X? Why? So I mean, Gen Y, I guess. Yeah. But I'm not like so. I'm, I'm. This isn't totally new to me because I was using like recording programs that I would download and steal from the internet mm -hmm. when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. 
But at the same time, it, it is interesting that, like, I don't think I've ever had to book a tour using a telephone. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all through, it's all through emails. I mean, I mean, through my phone, but, like, I'm messaging some dude over Facebook being like, yo, man, we need a gig this day. Can you hook us up? Yeah. Kind of thing. We used we're to not have, using uh, pay phones. No, we used to have pay phones and stolen um, long-distance Credit cards. card numbers? Long-distance yeah. cards. And yeah, we I know. Would, I know. I, I know a few bands used to do that. The bell cards, and we would we would somehow somebody would get a number and give it to you. Um, the other one we used to do in the uh, in this band I played in out of Winnipeg called Red Fishers. We would um, there was a friend of ours that owned that worked at a hotel, and we would call the one eight hundred number and we'll hope for him to pick up. And when he picked up, he would make any phone call to North America we'd asked him to. So he would then like we'd call Winnipeg and he'd pick up and go, okay, call these three numbers. So he'd call the numbers and he'd be on the line and, and our guitar player would be like, hey man, like we're coming in. So all the phone numbers we'd call, whether it was around the corner or across the country, were going through Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. The, the scam. Well, he always had the scam. Yeah. Our, our, our guitar player, John, always had a scam somehow. Like, and, and it was like, he'd meet these, because he was a BMXer and he'd meet these BMXer guys and he'd be like, hey man, I'm BMX too. And next thing they're like best buddies and we're staying at their house and e- eating their food and stuff. Like it was always just weird camaraderie you know and i it, does Man. that exist that's a big question like does that yeah i mean as a, a you tour you do shows you play around i don't do that anymore mm. does that exist uh i mean i mean i love me a good scam mm. i'm like i'm like a sneaky little devil i like to get my fingers into the into trouble but mm. uh i mean honestly it's 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 more just like hitting up so and so like this guy does shows here hit him up and then it's just most more through email it's not i wish it was as scandalous as that man it's not anymore i don't think yeah but i mean it's, it's still you still show up and no one's there that's that never changed so he, <laughs> yeah. you'll be happy to know that you still show up to timmins on a tuesday and you're you're, you're playing to no one <laughs> yeah. but or they moved got kicked out of the house and you're or whatever you're showing up and the promoter doesn't work there anymore and something went wrong like a week ago and he's gone like that oh, happens i i feel like house shows are now so hard to come by they used to be the best because yeah like why not but now everyone's just so afraid of cops showing up and shutting the place down there's always neighbors or something yeah we booked uh, a week time. of shows between montreal and toronto in houses all along the Whoa. 401 yeah it just it all worked out it's, you know it's only, it's only a five hour drive i know for a week <laughs> every day we're playing yeah. like Every little town known to man. And we did that's this- an hour drive between gigs. Yeah, it's like being in the States <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We yeah, that's up. one thing that's great. We played this States. great show in uh I think it was either either Cornwall or somewhere we, like Red Fisher and Trigger Happy played this basement. And uh I don't know exactly where it was now, but it was be- somewhere between Montreal and Toronto, obviously. But this fucking show we played where we decided that it was gonna be a complete bus show. So we decided, like, if the cops show up, we don't want to be the only band that plays. So we all shared a gear, and then Trigger Happy would play two songs, and then Red Fisher would play two songs. So that we knew that if the cops showed up, we had an equal amount of songs that we'd play in the set. Smart. So then at the end, we all somehow figured out and played this amazing uh, big show at the end. But yeah, yeah, this, this everybody played together. But yeah, that was those are those are kind of neat days. I mean, and. The forty-seven-year-old in me goes, "Yeah, I don't know anymore. I don't know about that. I don't know if I want to do that anymore. It's fun, but there's a time. There's a there's a topping off period when it comes to like punk rock, right? 
Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little less interested in the idea of getting in trouble now. Yeah. Because I am a man in his mid thirties mm-hmm. and I have responsibilities and uh yeah, I mean our bass player he has you know, uh he has like a kid he takes care of. Uh so I just I don't want to, you know, be hounded by cops at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm all about the the debauchery of like getting drunk and, and pulling pranks and, and you know fucking around. I'm all about that. Like that's kind of like my MO really. <laughs> but like that's the only thing I'm really interested in. I like just going out there and having fun. I'm not interested right now at this point of like being like, oh that was a close one, eh boys? Like that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. a little too risky at this point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you I find me I look at look at me, man. They'll fucking eat me alive in prison. Oh they will. I'm too pretty for you're a pretty too boy. pretty for You're prison. Right. <laughs> I know. I know. Look, I got the I got the Morrissey hair going. And you shit. have to cut I that know. off. You're gonna have to cut that off and get at least a little bit of tattoo on one eyeball, like under around there, no, around the eye. It's cool. My barber just said he cut the size too short. Don't worry, in a week I'll be looking good. Okay. I'll be looking more more tough. My uh, <laughs> speaking of rock and roll legends, my barber, Don Pyle mm-hmm. from Shadowy Men of a Shadowy Planet. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cuts 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 mean hair. Really? Whereabouts? Town barber on uh, Dundas, Nottington. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I, think... I go to him because he just he just tells me stories about Steve Albini and uh, <laughs> and, and being friends with uh, a bunch of rock gods. Oh my God! Well, he I met him in Cleveland when I was on tour with us and a few, and we played this show somewhere. I forget what it was called. But it was this little tiny place, and it was like with Shadowy Men, and we played with another band that I can't remember. But yeah, yeah, those guys, yeah, the '90s. That was that shadowy man right there. Absolutely. Yeah, man, legends, legends, legends. And he cuts hair. Legends. Right. Yeah, I gotta get my hair cut. I don't know if you noticed this, but I'm getting a little, you know. Yeah. Shaggy. Looking kind of a little. Yeah, looking a little bit like, uh, like uh, Robert Plant there. <laughs> yeah. Gotta, yeah. Okay. Got to cut her back. <laughs> yeah. So when you the long uh, curls. <laughs> so you, so school damage has been a band for how long now? Like. What's going uh, on? The, oh man, this is our. Sorry, I'm switching rooms. I gotta charge my phone here. Okay. Um. Sorry. Um. This is our. I think this is our eighth year. Mm-hmm. 2010, man. That's when we started. So this is eight years. We haven't done enough in eight years. I don't think. It was kind of around the time the Fairmount started. I think eight years. Yeah, I remember yeah, when. The, I remember that when the Fairmounts first started. It was, I think maybe just a little bit ahead of us. I think. Yeah. Like maybe like a few, six months ahead of us. Yeah. Because there were there was talks of doing Fairmont shows with school damage when we were still like uh, just starting out. And <clears throat> so, what was the band's? Did you did you what brought you out to Toronto? Another band or was that a? No, I just I went to school uh, in, in at Fanshawe because mm-hmm. I wanted to get into the recording arts program. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, it was really hard to get into. I didn't get into it. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to move to Toronto because that's where all my friends were. Uh, when I was living in London, the girl I was with and I split up. So I just was like, all right, I'm just going to move to the city. Mm-hmm. And there's more opportunity here. And I wanted to definitely be in a band and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I moved here and uh, just played around a few other bands. Nothing really came out of any band. It was more like just playing here and there for shits and gigs. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I kind of just wanted to take one band seriously, just being one band and just focus on that. And that's that. Mm-hmm. 
so that's what what I'm trying to do. <laughs> Did you um and there's been like you put some vinyl out, like there's been like there has been some more forward motion, like did you, did you you didn't go to Europe, did you? Did you go to Europe? Yeah, we went to Europe in this summer. We yeah. were there for a while, a few weeks in the summertime, yeah. What uh Yeah, we just booked our own Sir what? Oh no, you cut out. Oh, we we just booked our own tour and went out there. <laughs> oh, am I cutting out? No, no, you're good. Yeah. You're back, yeah. To uh, where'd you go? We were in Germany, Italy, uh, Hmm? (laughs) yeah, I think my, I think the Wi Fi sucks in that room, so I'm gonna move over here. Okay, cool. (laughs) The, uh, so Germany, yeah, 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 I got Germany, Italy, and Switzerland. In Austria. Now, what what compelled you to go out that way and, and, and do all that stuff? Were you sick of Canada, or is it is it just something new? Is it Cheap, cheaper to tour out there, and the countries are closer and amazing, like <laughs> and amazing. And I, I would love to go to the states again, but the, the new visa is we got a P we got the PE twos yeah. last time I went to the states, but there were a few times, and after a year it ran out. And now it's like Almost double the price to get a P two. It's cheaper to fly to Insane. Europe and play a show, right? It's totally true. It's totally true, dude. It actually, it actually is cheaper to fly across the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think it's only like a grand for that, t- like a round, fl- like a round flight ticket. Yeah. And do you go out there with the intentions of sort of breaking even, or you do you go out there for the experience? Uh, honestly, just the experience. Yeah. Like our our album, we put out ourselves, uh, and. We ha- luckily have some friends who helped us out, get some distribution out there, and they just... Like, I mailed a box of records out there. Um, and then some labels picked it up, and they sell it through their distro. So when we went out to, you know, when we were playing this festival in Italy, it was pretty weird to look out there, and people are, like, singing mm-hmm. the songs. It's yeah. like, whoa, I've never been here before. How the hell do you know this? Yeah. They're passionate people, the Italians. Oh, yeah. They mm-hmm. really are, yeah. Yeah, did you know? Yeah. Did you notice, like, when you travel, Switzerland seems to be that buffer zone between comedy and not comedy. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> did they found me less funny out there. Yeah, 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 pretty, yeah. <laughs> pretty, 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 pretty sure. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, Germans also don't find anything funny. Not at all. No, no. And did oh, you notice a... the difference between Southern Germans and Northern Germans? Like, there's a big difference. It's like it's very like like almost like America. Like the Southern Germans are like. Animated with their hands. Woo! I'm German, you know. Right. And the northern German's like, I'm right. German. I'm German. <laughs> yeah, we definitely have the uh, uh, the you know the not. We don't find anything funny German. We got the, like ones who uh, look like they only listen to Kraftwerk. We got those ones. <laughs> we Kraftwerk's great. Kraftwerk's great. That's yeah, all. yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. I've been there a few times, and we we have like a, a generic German like like stereotype stereotypical like we call them we call them super krauts because they have like acid nice. wash vests and pants and we're opening for the weaker dance and for some reason these people are at this show and they're like totally 80s dancing and stuff i'm like where the fuck am i right now what is yeah. happening right now yeah so we decided yeah, we got we got go ahead oh yeah so we got a little bit of those too i was gonna just yeah. chime in that's all 
we decided that um, in Austria, I would get these leopard skin like tight pants. And uh, we're playing in front of at the, um, what's it called? Backstage in Munich. And uh, we're playing in front of like 500 people. And I decided like, I found this new style of pants in Austria and I'm going to show them to you now. And I took off my real pants and these leopard skin pants. I'm like, does it make my ass look big? And they were like these skin tight leopard pants. It was a few years ago, so I was a little thinner. But um, nobody seemed to be like offended or like, what the hell? They were like, not bad. Not bad. Yeah, nice. Pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Good job. Yeah, trendsetting. Good job. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I remember like one time, like it was weird. We played, uh, and when we were in Germany, we played like this, it was definitely like a, not a legal club by any means, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was packed full of people. And I remember like, yeah, we're playing and looking in the crowd and looks like people like, dude, I'm talking like leather trench coats and mm. like wraparound shades, like pure like the fucking terminator man like this <laughs> like it was interesting very yeah. cool people like we all hung out afterwards and talked and we were out until whatever in the morning drinking and you know they would make us food and stuff it was very interesting but yeah i just i find that I'm much funnier in canada than i am <laughs> in <laughs> yeah. anywhere in europe that's true i find my jokes funny yeah i know and i agree with you but it's also an amazing experience when you can sort of be the outside and like we toured with this guy, his name is Ollie Schultz, and he was um, like a one man band kind of thing. He had a drummer guy that, and he did comedy, and he was opening for the Weaker Thans too. And people were laughing their ass off, and he's speaking all in German. I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? But when I'm speaking to him as like one on one, I kind of find myself a little bit quick. I'm pretty quick on my feet, and he is like like a child, like aha, this is funny. We're laughing, ha ha ha, and I'm like. It's not funny, dude. I, I'm not laughing at you. Like, but he killed in front of German audience. Like, they, he killed. Yeah, people on the floor laughing their asses off. And for some reason, All right, well, now, now I'm convinced that Germans only like that YouTube video of those guys in lederhosen whistling. That's <laughs> probably their idea of a good time. Here's my theory. That's their idea this. of Seinfeld. My theory, and it's really dark. But my theory is, is the reason why Germans aren't funny is because they had this little thing called World War II and they quote-unquote... Yeah, and they killed a lot of... They killed the funny. They killed a lot of funny people. It's just so much guilt weighed on them, perhaps? No, they killed all... Like, Jewish people are funny. Like, oh, yeah, that's true. Hilarious. Yeah. I mean, like, funny people. They killed it all. Yeah, man. So therefore, there's not funny Germans. They're just not funny because they just they genetically DNA. DNA it is, it's a theory I came up with in Germany, by the way. But it's I feel that some reason that it's just not they're not funny. I don't get it. I'm sorry. Did you tell any Germans your theory? Yes. When you were there, yeah. <laughs> You're like, you guys murdered funny. Yeah, you you killed the funny, and you not only that, but you wrecked a perfectly awesome mustache. By the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And the name Adolf. Is ruined. <laughs> it's true. Can't use that one anymore. No, I know, I know, I know. Okay, well, Germans, Germans, they can be funny. I know some funny Germans, but not a lot. Not a lot. Italians, Italians are funny. They're funny. They get it. And it's like only one country away. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, picky eaters, though, man. I was eating their leftovers because they wouldn't <laughs> eat anything. I was like, I'll, I'll fucking finish that too. I'll eat, I'll eat your scrumpets. I got a great your, your food. I got a great story. 
I was touring. I went and did this in 2010. I put a band together of Italians, and we were going to go play with Sum 41. We we're going to open for them, and uh, we we're going to still going to be called my band. And and so we're in Italy, and we're driving up to Switzerland, and we're at the border, and we're just about to cross the border, and you can see Italy from Switzerland, and we stop and get bread and some food, and they're eating this bread, going, oh, "This bread's horrible." I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, I could spit at Italy right now, and the person that fed you was obviously Italian. It's like you're you're like literally a hundred feet away from Italy, and you hate the food already, already. Yeah. Was it one of those auto grills or whatever they're called? Was it that place? Uh, no, it was just like a little town crossing, like it was a little border crossing, like north of in the north part of Italy in the Swiss Alps or in the Italian Alps, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, we rode in the Alps too. Yeah, we uh, we were stopped for food, and they were like, I, I thought it was really cool how they eat like cheesecake for breakfast. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's like, it's like it's like Home Alone. No one's around, so you yeah. eat like candy for breakfast. <laughs> With like really strong coffee, you should. Yeah, that was interesting. They're eating like spare ribs with the actual ribs coming out of the food, and they're like, I, I don't know. They're like barbarians. These Germans. That's what they were thinking. Like these these Germans are so uncouth. Well, there's some bad blood there. Oh yeah, just a <laughs> like little the, bit. Yeah. That whole World War II thing we we're talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But they were kind of on the same side a little bit, I guess. In in a way, I mean, they had Mussolini. He's yeah. a badass, like bad. He was, yeah. Not badasses, like he's like, like a that shitty cool dude. badass, like street <laughs> badass, but he was pretty badass. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I remember when we went to because we toured with an Italian band and they were like really stressed about going to Germany. And when we when we pulled in like between Switzerland into the German border, uh, like this guy, we got, you know, they got like a hard motherfucker to come out to our van. They pulled us over. Mm-hmm. He thought it was like a band with like Canadians and Italians, and then mm-hmm. like they pulled us over and like the guy who was kind of like Heisenberg. Like walks yeah. out, he's just like, he's like, you know, passports. And then like, <laughs> you can tell he was like, you know, the wolf. They probably called him like the wolf or something. Like, he, you know, yeah. Like he's he's like, you know, the one everyone's afraid of. I got this. I got this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was he was pretty intimidating. He kept he kept being like, you know, you got a you know tobacco. We're like no. He's like beer or booze. We're like no. There's we had a few beers in the in the van, but. I don't think they would have done much about it. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, drugs? And we're like, mm. nope. He's like, drugs? And we're like, nope. And it very looks like Kurt, our drummer, right square in the eye. He's like, drugs? Because <laughs> Kurt wears like tie-dye shirts and has like, he's a skater. Got yeah. long hair. Yeah. Smokes a lot of weed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And we just, we're all like, no, dude, we're good, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're all just panicking. We're like, fuck, we got to eat our t-shirts or something. Like, what are we going to do, man? Like, we had to throw the records out the window and take off. Like, it was a little intimidating. <laughs> But he uh, they let us go on our merry way. We had a great border crossing. We had this this horrible van I rented from a guy, and it was like bright orange and it was a Ford Transport. It was like one of the road vehicles, but it had absolutely no like when you when you were trying to steer it, there was like a lot of travel between when you were actually steering it and like free play in the steering wheel. So you would drive this thing and you get stuck in a rut and you'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And the van would start like weaving all over the place. Jesus. Yeah. So I drive this thing into Switzerland. And in the, the Alps? You had that thing in the Alps? Yeah. yeah. We're in Austria driving into <laughs> Switzerland. And the guy, was, so there's a guy in green camo with an with like an automatic weapon. And I don't know what it was, but it looked pretty badass. It was pretty awesome. And and, and we drive in and the guy goes, uh, he looks in and we open the window, open the, open the window and I'm driving. He goes, do you have any crystal meth? I'm like, no. 
specifically yeah it was, he was asking wow. do you have any crystal meth and i'm like no no we don't he's like laughing like go through because if i would have been like uh i would have been yes i that probably i would have you know what i mean like had i like stuttered or whatever but it was the most amazing yeah. one question that got me into switzerland is if i had any crystal meth and um yeah man i heard their borders really well because they have a really bad drug problem right in switzerland yeah, yeah. like it's pretty bad out there we noticed that when we were driving through it, we we're like, "Wow, this place looks fucking horrible." Yeah, they <laughs> it have looks whole, like whole Blade parks, Runner, whole parks where they just let people run rampant, free, and they have actually, it's legal to do heroin. You just have to go to the place that they can watch you, and yeah, uh, yeah. it works. Like it actually works because um, if you're a drug addict and you take bad heroin through a bad needle you'll die and that'll be a stress on yeah. the economy so what they do is they bring you into a little room and they say they monitor you so when you do all that all the heroin they can actually watch you yeah it was it was an interesting yeah. concept we drove we drove by a few of those places actually and we thought they were like dispensaries at first we're like oh mm -hmm. cool because mm -hmm. people are lined up like down the street then we learned out what they actually were and we're like ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we didn't go in there we'd have yeah. really embarrassed ourselves yeah. <laughs> yeah i'd like to buy some magic mushrooms please yeah, yeah, let's get high, dudes. <laughs> yeah. I need this. This is my medicine. <laughs> yeah. I remember driving through, like, we're driving through these tunnels that are, like, like eight or nine kilometers long, and you're like, this is amazing. And the guy was our tour manager going, you know that Hitler built all these, uh, <laughs> all these oh. tunnels, right? And I'm like, oh, way to ruin it. <laughs> yeah, he built, he designed Volkswagens, whatever. Yeah, that's true. That's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. People, people buy those all the time. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you willing to go back out there? Like, what's your, what's your, what's your game yeah, plan? plan? Yeah. Uh, would well, you go back out there in the fall? Would you exclusively go there, or is that is that a thing you do, or is, or or you still got faith in Canada and America? I got faith in Canada, but I mean, you're gonna have to spend a good three weeks, at least, just touring Canada. Mm -hmm. At least three weeks. Like, I mean, East Coast is great. We've been there few times or maybe just no i think we was with there once mm -hmm. but uh i mean there's a lot of day drives you know yeah europe europe's like okay now we're now we're here you know sorry i just burped that's right uh yeah i don't know i, I mean it's to be i would love to have more of like a european following but we had to really go out there a lot to make, to make that happen yeah it's, it's just that they're so appreciative of everything and it's such a it's just an experience you know i mean you've been out there a lot with yeah, tours yeah uh, it's just a different I, world out there i've always said that it's because they've been a culture like an extra thousand years than we have like they've had written literature they've had art they've had culture and, and you know in canada like was not that 400 years ago but they've been a culture for thousands of years yeah. you know like their history is so deep you know like I remember the first time I went out there, it was like 2003, and they didn't have much music. They didn't have MTV. They didn't know what image-based music was. It was like, we don't care. And for a guy at this time, at that time, I was 33. They're like, we don't care. You know what I mean? Like, we, <laughs> we just like your music. And that was, to me, was like liberating because they didn't judge you on how you looked they judged you by music and that was always a fascinating thing and i don't know what it's like now but i'm pretty sure it's still in that vein of like i just like your band i don't yeah care. it's not much different from what we experienced really people just get and also 
being Canadian, they love the fact that you're Canadian. They appreciate like they, that they, you've traveled it's, it's all a that distance. Or something. Yeah, yeah, that you've traveled yeah. all that distance and you're willing to make the sacrifice to bring your music. And there is a level of empathy in in, in the music um, listener there that maybe we don't have over here. You know, like I don't. I was gonna. I was gonna say like. If a if a band came from Italy to play the Bovine on a Tuesday, would you leave the comfort of your house to go see them? A band you never heard of, just no, playing probably not. You know, a bar. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I know. Me either. I, I don't live very far from the Bovine, dude. <laughs> like maybe a half hour walk. <laughs> like I don't have any excuses not to go. I yeah. work in the morning, but I don't start work till ten or eleven. So yeah, it doesn't matter to me any. Well, there was a French but band we played with. Know. We played with this French band, and I kept saying we opened for them, and I kept saying like. You have to look. These guys have traveled on a plane. They flew here. Like they took chances, and here they are playing for you. And there's twenty of you here to see this. Like you need to appreciate this. Like you know, as yeah. someone from the other side, that you know, there'd be a maybe twenty people on the other side where uh, you know there'd be a Foursquare show where I play, and it'd be like they would all come up and be like, oh, "Thank you for coming." Like, and you'd be like, "You're welcome. It's fun. You know, I like doing it." Yeah. And, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we're spoiled here or what, because you can't really like. There is a lot of music here. Yeah. And I don't know. I always wondered that. Like, I, I understand where you're coming from. Like, if we brought our friends from Europe here, I'd be pissed if don't watch their set. Yeah. I get pissed when we bring our friends from Ottawa here, <laughs> and you know, people are out having a smoke when they're playing or something. You know. Yeah. Definitely. It's. it's I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it because I mean, it could be just Toronto as well. Because if you go to Timmins or North Bay, or you know, Fredericton, anything like that, in those like smaller cities, people are coming to your show. Peterborough, people are coming to your show and going ape shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well there's a there's a there's a there's such a thing that happened like I guess before I was born, like in the sixties when like Led Zeppelin would play. And that was happening. Like that was like, holy fuck, Led Zeppelin's coming to town. Like, I'm not gonna miss that. And like um there was like a situation where like one of my favorite bands got back together and played the cool house. And I'm like, how much that ticket? 50 bucks. Uh, I'm okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I'm that fickle. Like I'm not spending $50 to go stand all night, you know, and slip on vomit. Like that's not my thing. Yeah. I I definitely didn't go to the descendant show because it was at that rebel club. And I don't want, I don't want to have to go that far and I don't want to pay 50 bucks to see the descendants. I've seen them six times. That's good enough. You know? Yeah. Yeah, there's um you know, but you know, for a band like the Descendants to to keep playing, it takes a lot, you know, like it takes a lot of effort, you know, because you think how old they are. Like they're older than me. They're like 50 something years old and they they still tour and so oh, there, yeah. there's a level of respect but at the same time you're like, okay, the machines involved now. It's not just it's not just the band wanting to come play some shows. They have a different agenda now that they had 30 years ago. You know, their agenda is to like, well, this is our living. This is how we live. I mean, Milo doesn't work in the chemical yeah. industry anymore. Like he, he's a he's a musician now. Again, you know, after all these years, they have a certain nut they have to make as a band. Otherwise, they can't tour, and therefore, if they can't tour. Yeah. Then you know that they have this issue. But, but at the same time. As a punk rocker, you sort of need to understand, well, that's the machine. The machine works, you know, and do I want to buy into that machine? And most of the time the answer is no, I don't. Yeah, I, I think honestly what it comes down to it, now that we're talking about this, and I'm not trying to say anything bad about the city or its music scene, 
mm-hmm. is that I think we're just spoiled because I can leave the house right now after talking to you and find a show somewhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. and growing up in a small town where I had to get on that go train, come down to the cool house to see a band and they have to like leave before they were done to make the last go train back and then still have to drive two hours from Oshawa to my hometown, mm-hmm. you know, like half in the bag, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, look at that show we played with the Lillingtons. Mm-hmm. Like, some people from Toronto were there, but a lot of people were not from Toronto that were there. Yeah. I was talking to a lot of kids that drove from, like, North Bay. Uh, there's a guy from Saskatchewan that was there. Yeah. Timmins? Timmins is an eight-hour drive from here. <laughs> there's a lot of people from Timmins that were there. Yeah. So, I think I think it's just the fact that we have we live in a city where things are always happening and things are always going on and you know that bands will always come back next year or something like that. So if you miss them this time, you'll see them next year. You know. Yeah, there's a level of fickleness with with this with the scene because, yeah, you're right. I get to see everything all the time, you know, and I and like what what changes the scene and how does it become more viable to the people that play the music? That's 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 like the uh the unanswered question you know like how do you make a scene that you know it it just makes itself i mean like think about punk rock in general is mostly like downtrodden people who've been fucked around their whole life that they all band together and they form a place called the Ildicos, and then they just go there and that's the place they go and watch music and 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 then becomes a whole scene and then it goes away and then they all sort of disband and get older and turn into like you know adults you know yeah popping out kids and paying mortgages and the like which is fine that's what you kind of have to do you know what i'm saying like i don't know i mean there's gonna be a time where i'll be much older and Mm -hmm. i will not be interested in seeing live music Mm -hmm. as much as i you know i am or was (laughs) i'm kind of glad you said that i'm glad you said something like that because that to me means that you have a realistic look about what music is as well, and you love it for the fact that it's it's music you love, but you're not willing to go dumpster diving like to be real. You know, does, does that make sense? No, yeah. no, no. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't. I think maybe when I was much younger and more impressionable, maybe I thought I had to keep up some kind of appearance mm-hmm. to be like a certain way or or like I don't know, earn some kind of credential but I don't care about that anymore. And mm-hmm. I know it's easy to say that because a lot of people shouldn't care about that in the first place. It, it's just, and it's always a little embarrassing when you meet someone who still keeps up that whole persona or image. Like you, you meet someone they're like, you know, they just have this uh, air about them that you know is so fucking fake. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh dude, come on, like give it up kind of thing. Yeah. People will probably like you if you were nicer. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the on the I mean, people get older and they get more realized of who they are as people, and then they understand what other people go through, and therefore that's how we become a society because we understand how each other works. And, and you know, as you get older, you're supposed to get wiser. And some people don't get wiser; they they turn into um, the sort of the uh, parody of themselves, and then they have to um, put up a front and sort of say, "That's who I am," you know, and I don't know. I, to me, that's always a. Uh, I'm kind of glad I didn't sort of fall into that trap because everybody needs to evolve a little bit. You need to sort of get a little bit more um, in tune with the world around you because that's that's the most important part. You know what I mean? Like the way I see 
we as people is we need to get along. Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, I would, when I was a lot younger, I was more shy and probably more anxious. So I didn't talk to many people and people assumed that I was like th- that, that kind of figure where I'd be like, you know, don't talk to me. I'm just here to get drunk and see music. Mm-hmm. And I went, actually, I was at a bachelor party on the weekend on Saturday. And I was talking to this guy. I don't think I've met him before, but he recognized me from playing in school damage. It had nothing but nice things to say about my bass player and my drummer, who are both amazing dudes and wicked, wicked musicians. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, you're the, you're the best, best bass player in the city, the best drummer in the city. I'm like, what about me? And he said, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> and I was just like, as funny as that is, yeah. I made a point to prove it. I, I wouldn't go out of my way, but, you know, I'm like, okay, well, that's, you know, I'm usually just joking around kind of think I'm not an asshole. Mm-hmm. And then if you see me like on Sunday, I was like hugging so many fucking people and talking to people that talked to me and people bought a t-shirt. I would talk to them and stuff like that. So when people were buying me drinks and I, I don't like, it's great and all, but I would just don't want to be considered an asshole, especially if the city is not that big. No. So word gets out. Yeah. And yeah. then if you're an asshole, no one's going to want to book your band. No one's going to want to come up and talk to you. No one's going to want to buy a t-shirt from you if you're an intimidating dick, you know? Well, that's when that's when uh, capitalism takes over because if you can make a draw and you can sell beer and you can bring people in the put you know put people in the building, they don't care what you are. They just know that you're the commodity that people can sort of um, exploit. But um, yet, that's a big commitment. You know, that's a big change in life. You know, and you're either born that way or not. You know, and I I don't see you as someone that's born that way. I see you. You know, and when when people play in front of people, they're obviously different people that they're not going to be. Hey, yeah. Hello, everybody. I want y'all to like me. You know, you know, <laughs> it's, it's all about, I, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer of, of if you're in a band, you have to like act a certain way or look a certain way on stage. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not staying going, looking like Guar or kiss, yeah. but like, I feel like you should look like a unit. Yeah. And, and have that, kind of attitude on stage like it's okay to like have that attitude on stage but when you're off the stage and people are talking to you don't you know be a, a dick to them yeah like leave it that shit on it's like when you go to work and you're in a bad mood and people are like leave it at home i, I think it's the same kind of thing like leave that persona on the stage mm-hmm. and then when people talk to you afterwards like they, they want to talk to you so talk back and it, it sometimes it makes people's day to like hang out and talk and have a beer or smoke a joint with yeah. someone that you know they they heard somewhere and wanted to wanted to come and see they came to see you in the first place like why are you being a dick about it yeah yeah there's there's a in in you know and i think as you get a little older and wiser you start understanding the the the, the importance of that and um like everybody has this little hidden thing behind them that when they play music that they're going to be bon jovi and they're not always going to be Bon Jovi. Like, no, there's not going to be always, everybody's not, you know what I mean? They, everybody has to put into the compartment where they want to sit with music. And some people say, I'm going to stay true. I'm going to be real. I'm going to dumpster dive. I'm going to live in a van or whatever. But, and there's people like, you know what? I love punk rock. I love music, but I also want to sleep in a bed and I want to have a, you know what I mean? A healthy sort of like yeah. relationship. And I want to have, I want to contribute into into society. I don't want to tell society to fuck off my whole life. I want to be able to sort of want, somehow you know put into it. Yeah, you want to own stuff. Uh, yeah. Like uh, Pineapple Chuckle, uh, 
those guys are still going. And and Wes, their guitar player, used to live in a fucking van for like months. Mm-hmm. He was like, that's how like, he was the guy who lived in the van. Like that's and and now you know you see him and he's he's happy as hell. He he has a house in Sarnia, lives with his wife, has a like, wicked great kid. Yeah, like it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I don't know. There's people who are lifers. Like look at um, uh, Jay Navarro from the Suicide Machines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that guy is a fucking lifer, man. He has six kids, lives in the house, and works a full time job. But he still tours the Suicide Machines and his other bands. Mm-hmm. You know, like he still does it. We hung with that guy not too long ago, and he's the nicest fucking guy. Bought T-shirts, records, stayed at our bass player's house for the night. Like genuinely, like nice as fuck guy and this is the same dude that i would see on much music during like you know when they had the wedge or something like that and yeah. i see him like you know this guy looks like he could kick my ass but the last thing he wants to do is is harm someone he just wants to hang out have a beer and just like you know he gets in the fucking pit and stuff dude and the guy's like you know he's yeah. pushing 50 i imagine he's yeah, getting yeah. up there yeah that's you know and I do appreciate when people sort of take music and sort of say, I love music. It's the best thing about my life. But there's other things, too. I mean, there's it's not just music. It's not just fame and fortune. It's it's what I took from music, like, for all these years ago, was, was certain ethics that I use every day. You know what I mean? Like, that is very powerful, you know? Like, certain things of, like, coping skills and and people skills and all these things that I, I work with people who are like, you know, nut jobs, but I somehow can manage to speak their language because I sat in a van with people for so many months, you know, and then understood how human people, uh, humans work. That's certain things that, that I, I take home. And that's the thing I think every day that I, why I did what I did. But there's also things about music that I did that was like, I really I don't know, I can't believe I did that. That's stupid. You know, why did I do that? I put so much things in jeopardy and I, you know, I almost died in a van crash and all these things happened. Like, why did I do that? You know, so you can't regret those things though, but you have to take it into who you are now. And, you know, and I, I'm you 10 years from now. That's the, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, 12, actually, you're 47, but yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get the yeah. math right yeah i'm sorry no i uh <laughs> I, I totally agree like music has always been my life like mm-hmm. it's i i listen to it when i wake up i listen to it all day at work i even work in the music industry mm-hmm. uh i listen to it my commute home from work uh when i'm making dinner i listen to it when i i, I just it's just always on it's always something different it's either like it could be anything from uh dag nasty to david bowie to velvet mm-hmm. underground to like sun Ra, you know mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But I always knew it wouldn't get me far. I never had the dream that it would. I just always knew I wanted to do it. And, but I also know I'm not going to be doing it when I'm, you know, 50. I'm not going to be pouring out of a van, you know, after a 10-hour drive, like drinking a six-pack of old style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then loading into, you know, something like the hard luck or whatever. When I'm 50, I, I'm confident I'm not. Yeah. I, Honestly, Simon, something like your situation is actually admirable, in my opinion, because you 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 had fun with it and you got your yayas out and you can still contribute to it and be a part of it. But you don't have to be that kind of person. And anyone who does it as well, like I'm not more power to them. That's great, too. Yeah. I just don't think I'm built for it because I I just like I think I'll just wreck myself. If I was on the road all the time, I'd be fucking dead, dude. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I can't imagine like 
we've also had our fair share of almost near-death experiences in, in like our crappy van that the wheel came off four separate occasions <laughs> while we're on the road man like yeah four separate occasions like yeah that kind of stuff like i've you know i've uh i maybe like Maybe if we just slow down on the parting, it'd be a bit easier to do. But at the same time, like, what, what, what are you going to do in a van all day? Not drink beer <laughs> to the next town? <laughs> I agree. And I, I know I'm on the same. I'm on the same. I know me. I know who I am. And if I ever had to tour for, and I've done it before, where I've had to tour for 30 days in a row, and I was drunk 28 days of them. You know what I mean? So yeah. I know. Yeah. I know my. I know my weakness. I know my vice. But it's pretty sad when you when you know the difference between like drunk drunk and just like mm-hmm. the usual drunk. Like the yeah. six pack drunk is like normal. Mm-hmm. And then like the whoa, we got really drunk last night. Like <laughs> it's two it's different tiers of, of intoxication. There was t- I mean, there's times twenty years ago when I was I, I was drinking drinking and it was like I could wake up the next day and just like there was no problems, you know, and knowing the night before yeah. that I had done some crazy shit drinking. Like, what the hell? How did that happen? And then waking up the next day and going, eh, no problem. You know, and maybe that's yep. just my 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 constitution. But at the same time, had I had worse hangovers, I probably, you know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't, you'd sort of understand. And when I was touring, I, we, we did a tour for 32 days in Europe. And I was, like I said, I was drunk for most of it. And I didn't have to drive. That was the problem. I think every time I have to drive on a tour, my, my health is better, you know? <laughs> yeah i I can see why not drinking and driving would be beneficial for sure yeah or just having that responsibility like so when we went to europe i was the only one who had to drive stick shift and of course all vehicles in europe are stick shift so uh, i was the guy like had to drive all the time but you know like yeah you know you know i appreciate like when you say that you know like i understand and this is what i'm taking from this like i understand what music is i love it and i want to take out of it what's good about it i don't want to make music uh, uh, a weapon to tell people you know how long i've done this for and I, you know what i mean like the, the, yeah. the, those people drive me crazy you know and i try not to say it like i say for all the years i've done it I, you know what i mean which is different than saying i've been doing this for so many years because that's you know that's a it's it's a less douchey way of saying that i've been doing this a long time but when someone wants to explain how long they've done stuff my answer is, well, why are you still doing what you're doing now? You know what I mean? Like, why aren't you Bon Jovi? You know? like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I, I like this. There's two, if you're wearing like a t-shirt, someone might come up to you and be like, oh, I saw them on this tour. And that's a great story. Mm-hmm. But you're, if you're telling me that just so you can rub in my face that, you know, you've got some years on me mm-hmm. and you saw them before I did. And then that you are now like a Puritan on that, on that subject matter. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, dude, like, thanks for, thanks for stopping by. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go like, good for you. Like, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, like, I can't see myself doing that to anyone. Like I'm not much younger anymore. And I mean, we see a lot of kids 19 up come to shows mm-hmm. and I'm going to, I'll talk to them. I'm not going to try to belittle them. I'll be like, Oh, rad shirt. That this album's really good. Check this album out. Yeah. If you like this band, check this band out. I'm sure when I was like 19 and had Liberty Spikes, I would tell someone to like, oh, well, uh, you know, but I, I was probably only to that band for like six months prior anyways. You know, yeah. I didn't even, I was probably just talking out of my ass trying to, you Impress. know, be someone I'm yeah. definitely not. Yeah. 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 
Well, I I I, uh, I had fun. I, I really enjoyed this. I, uh, I I like your band. I like your I like your style. I like your ethics. I like uh, thanks, dude. I like everything. You guys were you guys were really really good on Sunday. You guys were really really tight. And uh, I I was told that I had maybe too much fun during our set. And uh, I'm glad I'm glad some people liked it because uh, my bass player and my drummer were pretty upset with me most of the night because I. Uh, I had a few beers on an empty stomach to uh, kind of shake the nerves off a little bit. And I might got a little too carried away, but I hope I didn't do anything too stupid. I, I remember that set. I think I just maybe hit a few notes here and there, but you know, shit yeah. happens. I made the, some it's of punk this, rock, man. Yeah, absolutely. Like I made mistakes that I thought I'd never make, but besides, you know, we don't practice as many times as you guys do too. We, but the difference so, is, is we so have, I have no, I have no excuse. That's no. what you're saying. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no. That's not the way. I, uh, I think the uh, we've played the same songs for six years, so uh, you know we're, we've still got some catching up to do. We uh, that that we had that new guitar player. That's we. He just joined the band two weeks ago. What really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's really good. He doesn't drink, so he remembers things. Oh, so. I heard about that. Like he's the one that tries the band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's the only one. He's the only one that doesn't drink in the band. So uh, yeah, he remembered all the songs and stuff. Mm. But yeah, he's, he's and and he, now he's moving to Indonesia tomorrow. So that's our luck. Oh he's, really? Uh, oh, he's in your band for two yeah. weeks and he's quit. I he's he'll be back. He's just gonna be gone. He's a uh, he's a he's gonna be a teacher out there in Indonesia. Oh, so. do the conversational English thing. I believe so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really I don't really talk to him. He's just a new guy. So <laughs> what's his name? Uh, his name is Dennis. Uh, Dennis Lee's his name. He's actually a really, really great guy. Uh, yeah. He's been in a few bands. Uh, he's, he's, yeah. So he he just moved back to the city from. Uh, he lived in Montreal. He was in a band called Boyd's out there, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> he came here to go to school. And he was getting bored, and we ran to him not too long ago. We're like, hey man, come play guitar. Our entire set list and played it flawlessly okay great because i didn't want to i don't want to go through the songs teaching you every single note and kind of thing yeah well that's the other thing about getting older that you don't have to learn how to play the instrument you already kind of know it you just need to know what the music does that's the that's my observation of getting older is that nobody needs to learn how to play their instrument anymore like they're all they all everybody kind of knows how to do it now I could stand to learn a few more things though. Like I could learn a few more things. I just feel like I'm like, ah, I put so much time already in it. Like, yeah. why should I? I enjoyed your, uh, I, well, I appreciate, uh, we were talking on the downstairs about, um, you know, yeah. me using your cabinet and you're like, I hope you're not too like worried about it. I'm like, dude, every step I got to take is less care about what amp, <laughs> what amp I play. Yeah. I yeah. would have an amp this those big. Stairs, if I could. Yeah. Those stairs sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just, I didn't. I didn't know. Uh, I don't think I, we've ever actually met one on one until we're shooting the shooting the shit out front. So mm-hmm. let's, I'll just give the heads up that my gear is a little uh, worn and, <laughs> and and torn, and I don't have money to fix it. So. Well, I really, you know, like I said, I I appreciate you bringing those down and and, and chipping in, and uh, and like I said, I like your band, and I, I like your I like your um I like your I like your ethics, and and that's to me is uh that's. That's you know what I mean. Like the music's it's awesome, but the the ethics and the, who you are as a band is is what carries me into what I like bands. You know what I mean? Does that, does that, that I don't want that to sound wrong. I want that to sound exactly. No, how... that's that's fine. That's yeah. fine. I I mean I had a conversation the other day about it's hard sometimes to separate the artist from the art. Yeah, and especially especially the day uh, where we live in a uh, you know in a 
we have we have things like the the Me Too movement, and we're we're finding out a lot about some of these people that we considered icons or heroes, and we're learning that they're just they're monsters. Yeah. Uh, to to for lack of a better term, hmm. but you know, people who just uh, they let it all go to their head and they do things that are you know inexcusable, and it's 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 uh it's refreshing to meet people who just do it because they like to do it and they're not doing it to you know get into someone's pants or something you yeah. know like i mean i'm sure we've all benefited from being a musician and met some interesting people here and there but when it comes down to it it's, it's just about having fun and playing and meeting new people and then yeah. you have these people like uh, those dicks from headley who are just like taking advantage and they're just like Literally, they're taking advantage of their situation, hundred percent. Yeah, and it's it's just it's really just uh, disheartening to say the least. Yeah. I mean, that band sucks, anyways. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of bands out there that sort of you could tell, like, well, fuck, what was it? Um, what was the band? Uh, Catalyst. They had that song, Catalyst. Uh, oh, I'm gonna remember it as soon as I get off the uh, thing with you. You should you should punch it in like do like a yeah. post you know that band? punch like this band yeah um, where the yeah. guitar player had like uh like he was having sex with minors um and and they were playing the warp tour and people were making jokes that oh yeah 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 it was like was it uh newfound glory or something like newfound that? glory newfound glory yeah, oh yeah. newfound glory yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what it was right right Fuck, dude I, did, I know the warp tour because when I tour banner some forty one. New, we were playing with Newfound Glory and Saves the Day and Face to Face. And Newfound Glory, that one guy was a fucking douchebag. He was fucking dirty. And Cyrus, their drummer, is the nicest guy on earth. So the nicest guy on earth played with the douchiest of douches in punk rock. And then, so he was making chicks who were like, God damn it, they were like 14, show their tits to get a free t shirt. And I'm like, Christ. Are you kidding me? You know what I mean? Like, this is happening. And also their singer, I forgot his name, but also a really nice guy. They just had this one guy in the band that was just the dirtiest of dirt. And now their whole band, they had to kick him out. But yeah, it completely ruined the whole band's thing because they play power pop for kids, yeah. you know, teenagers. You know, yeah, that they're not they're not they're on a smaller label now and stuff, and yeah. like they, they play way smaller crowds. I mean Yeah, it, it, that's it's a stain. That's for sure, man. And it sucks that everyone else in that band has to deal with his his actions. Mm -hmm. But they, they, did the, they did the right thing by giving him the boot, obviously. Well, they had to. I mean, you can imagine. Oh, yeah. we stand beside this pedophile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Later, later on, I'd be out of that band pretty fucking fast, dude. Yeah. I remember I, I, was, I was briefly in a band um, just for like a side project. Yeah. And I found out that the drummer was hitting his girlfriend. So I was uh, like, all right, dudes, I'm out. See ya. And I just, I just never came back to band practice. And uh, then, I mean, they kicked him out too. Like, he, it wasn't just me who left. He got the boot too. Yeah. Then he was just like, I'm going to find you, Brad. You're fucking dead. Yeah. Like, he was like, You should say, I'm not a chick. You can't hit me. I'm not a chick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not your type, bud. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I can't. Yeah. yeah it's, that's, uh, it's, 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 it's crazy. I, I recorded a band. I should probably leave them nameless, but um, they used to refer to their girlfriends as their cunts. The cunts. Oh, cunts. Yay. So you're like, uh, so I tour. We did this thing. And my, I used to put all my gear in the back of the van. I used to travel. So I was in London recording this band. And I brought Justin Small, who plays in Do Make Say Think. But he also used to be in a band like on Epi Epidemic Records called Domestic Violence. And like an old punk band from like the sort of late 80s, early 90s. But he is very political, you know. So he he 
started telling these big metal guys like you can't call your girlfriends you can't call them these names you know like and he started yelling at them and i'm like dude they're my client like i i you know i hate it too but i can't sort of like teach these misogynist racist rednecks like what's right right now you know i just need them to pay me so i can go home you know what i mean like i just need this yeah, to be yeah. done i need this to be done and uh the one singer's name was herb his name's herb Oh, but I, I don't it's know. It's a redneck name. Total redneck name. They, uh, but you know, but there's such a, you know, even even a band like a normal band that that meets, you know, like a youngish band, single, no ties, and they meet girls. That it's such a dangerous road to travel now, you know, like because it, you know, it's it's dangerous. It's in the limelight. Yeah, you're like what? You happened? know, like. I don't understand how, how Kevin Lyman didn't, with the work tour, didn't do it. Like, this has been going on for a long time. And he just, I don't know if he just didn't know about it or what, but I don't know. It, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, when everyone's getting all hell bent out of shape about the Dickies calling, you know, someone in the audience yeah. names. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not cool, obviously, but there was bigger issues at hand happening on that very same tour mm-hmm. that they, you know, Kevin Lyman should maybe kick those bands off the bill. Because yeah, I'm, I'm sure they bring bigger, you know, crowds. Like if you have a big band, Epitaph. Yeah, I'm sure they bring a bigger crowd than the Dickies, who are these old guys who yeah. you know used to be heroin addicts and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think when money's in the picture, man, people kind of just uh, yeah, you know, well, sometimes well, they just don't see things. To to Kevin Lyman's defense, that a lot of things that do go on, he's not really in that picture. I mean, like he is. You know, he obviously like he he's like I I know him like I know that him as a person that he wouldn't I don't think he would let that knowing who he was and where he came from I don't think he would willingly yeah. let things like this happen because understandable the, I, you can't you can't be everywhere all at once yeah well I do tell you that Kevin was cheap as fuck when it came to giving water out you know what I mean like they had their own warp tour water which was like from the tap <laughs> you know and they would take the empty bottles and fill them up in the next venue but. Like, like I'm, I'm not going to give Kevin the that onus that he had to watch everybody on that tour, you know, like or or whatever. Like ever since, you know, the early 2000s, because he had like he kicked Sublime off of uh, Warp Tour, the first Warp Tour. He kicked them off because you're like, you guys are fucking animals. You can't, you know what I mean? You're you're crazy people. You can't be on this tour anymore. Basically, because they were just respecting all the other bands you know and so that's why sublime never made it to the toronto cne grandstand warp tour because they were kicked off the tour you know so to kevin's credit I, that, you know what well I was, I was gonna say that guy can play guitar like a motherfucking riot though <laughs> yes he can not anymore actually not no anymore he can't not no, anymore. No, no, not anymore he can't junkie well, anyway, <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for doing the show, man. I I really like I said, yeah, I, I, I respect your band. I, I like your band. I'm gonna play some music uh, in sort of when we put this out in a week or so. And okay. uh, it was really cool to hang and talk to you. Actually, meet you one on one because it turns out we same, know dude. you know we we know the same people and we kind of I think we kind of think the same. And I, I appreciate that. Like you said, man, uh, you're you're me in just a few short years. That's right. With that haircut too. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, man, it was, it was it was good to talk. Uh, I'll send you some uh, new school damage stuff. We just finished the record, so I'll send you some jams. Amazing, thanks, buddy. Little, no, no sweat, man. All right, dude, good, good talking to you here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to bed. I'm tired. <laughs>
And that was Mr. Brad Manners of the band School Damage on today's show. 182 episodes. That's a lot of talking. A lot of talking, everybody. Um, you can check that. Uh, School Damage is putting a new record out. I don't know what it's called, but um, it missed a deadline because he was going to give me some music and it, it didn't happen. But that uh, only raises awareness to the allure of the School Damage. Um, yeah, so... Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks, Brad, for doing the show. That was a, that was fun. It was a good time. It was it was um, it was fun to know that that punk rock lives in Lindsay. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, okay, yeah. So yeah. Anyways, have a great week, everybody. Um, this one's gone a long time. It's a long episode. Uh, next week, what do I got next week? I got some people. I don't know because I'm recording. I can't tell you who's coming because it might not show. But I can speak to this Foursquare thing that's happening at the 15-year anniversary. I'm trying to get together uh, my friend Jason, and who played drums on Three Chords, One Capo, as well as Alan Shaw, who is, was the guitar player and helped write a bunch of the songs, lyrics-wise, as well as melodic. We put that record out. We recorded that record in a jam space and toured all over Europe with it, and got the most success that uh, I could think of uh, any band I've ever played in could get from that record and so I feel it deserves a listen through and it deserves some credit and uh, although a lot of people bought it not a lot of people you know but you know whoever bought it really enjoyed it and that was like you know that's a positive thing so you know how is success waged how is success um um Gauged, I guess is the word. And um, that's the closest thing I think that, you know, that I think Foursquare, my band, or me as a musician, could get. And I can appreciate that. So that's why I'm going to give a little bit of, a little bit of uh, props and a little bit of fun. And uh, yeah, so this has gone a little bit long. I usually don't really talk about myself, but I think, well, it's a bit of an achievement. You put a record out and people kind of like it. And, and then, you know, you tour around Europe and parts of Canada and people know the songs. People, were, you know, when you look into the crowd, people are like singing along. Uh, it's good. Feels good. So, anyways, have a great night, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. And stay tuned for that special episode. I'm going to try and get it done within the next week or so. Okay? I know I do have Tom from Sloan. The band is slow. Coming. Have a good night. Bye.